I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? I still have the death throes in my voice, so I apologize now, listeners, if I cough a few times. Oh, it's all good. Uh, Yeah, we are a bit behind, and honestly, I think depending on how uh, this gets released, uh, we, we are about a month out from our previous episode, we talked about fear, but uh, not um, not not for lack of trying. I, I think summer kind of bounced around a bit, but also Lou was feeling under the weather. Uh, you were quite sick, actually. You said you, you was like flu type symptoms, right? I I had the flu, so there was a summer flu thing going around, and uh, Violet brought it home, and then I thought I had already had it, and it was really mild, and then. Uh, Erica got really sick and then like two weeks went by and I was like, Oh, I'm good. Like I, 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 I had the sniffles for an afternoon or two and that was it. And I was like, sweet. I dodged a bullet. And then all of a sudden I woke up to like fever of a hundred and, and, and being like, I don't know if I can do anything. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, great. This is, this is wonderful. That's always how it is. And then it lingered around for like a week and a half. I, I, I still have a little bit of a cough, but I'm, I'm on the mend. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're on the mend because we have a, uh, a fun filled episode because we've got not only uh, the entirety of the first season of Dead City to talk about. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, and also all the announcements that came from San Diego Comic-Con, which happened uh, the second last weekend of July. So we're in catch up mode. A little bit here, but uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, let's uh, let's let's just uh, yeah, let's jump into the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. All right, Lou, we got a good chunk of news this week, and we'll kick it off with one that we received from our Discord bit.ly slash zamp discord uh and you can also submit stories there but we got one here where um we've talked about this movie before but george a romero's final zombie movie twilight of the dead is moving ahead with roundtable entertainment and um i assume that the strike that's currently happening with actors and writers is going to affect this but they're looking to start production this year lou do you think it's actually going to happen I think we'll get this movie, but I think the strike is going to delay everything to production in 2024. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't, I think thinking anything is going to happen before the end of the year is, is, uh, is a pipe dream. Um, last I heard, which I haven't really, I've been trying to avoid the writer's strike because I'm it's getting old news, getting to be old news for me. But the last I heard was like, there was no end in sight. And that was like a week ago. So. Who yeah. knows? I could be wrong. Maybe maybe there is an end in sight, but 
Last I read was an article from a producer being like, we love this. We're not in a rush to get them back to work. And I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I get the sense that it, you know, when it comes to unions, um, the union is set up in a way to, uh, last a strike to get to meet the very reasonable demands that they're asking for. I think they're looking, you know, last we saw they're looking for protection uh, against, you know, heavily using AI. Like, I don't think anyone's sitting here saying no AI whatsoever, but um, talking about, uh, I think one of them for actors is like background actors. They come in once, pay them once, scan them, and then we own their likeness forever. It's weird stuff like that, that, and that that comes from negotiations where like the employer will start at the high end and they will ask for the world uh for them to sign away the their their world essentially and and I, and they they eventually meet in the middle and I think when a, when a when a strike is going on here it's it's just a matter of uh trying to meet in the middle so hopefully it won't take too long but you're right I think the studios are 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 not in any rush to get back, but uh, once their profits start to get hit and the movies start to get very delayed, I think we're going to see some change. Hopefully. Hopefully, for sure. Uh, well, you know what? Here's the thing. So uh, let's get back to the movie here. It's, it's, so it's set on a tropical island. Uh, we're told Twilight of the Dead will delve into the dark nature of humanity from the perspective of the last humans on Earth who are caught between factions of the undead. So it looks like they're going to lean into the fact that the undead have have gained sentience, uh, which happened, I guess, in 2005, uh, Land of the Dead. Survival of the Dead. Survival of the Dead? I think there was, wasn't it, it's, um, it's hard to say. I, uh, survival of the Dead is the last one. Yes. And it's the one we didn't like. Right. No, we definitely didn't like that. But didn't Big, it's, yeah, so the, the article here says, Land of the Dead introduced Big Daddy. Yeah, and he was the first. He's the one that was carrying the the gun and was leading the armies of the dead. Right. Okay. Well, he will. Uh, he will play a part in in some fashion. But it sounds like this is going to be when they say Twilight of the Dead. It's it's kind of a double meaning, which probably means like humanity will will cease to exist, and this will be sort of like that shift uh, that you sort of saw off screen with. Well, at least in the older Planet of the Apes films, where um, yeah, humans were basically ceased to be the dominant species, right? It's a cool idea. I'm curious to see what they could do with it. Uh, the uh, survival was not the greatest, so I mean, I'm not gonna get my hopes up. No, I I don't think uh, I wouldn't advise it. I wouldn't advise it. But when it comes out, we'll cover it on the show, of course, because it'll be the final, the final George A. Romero. Uh, film it it is kind of odd like how popular those movies are yet they haven't really been touched by hollywood uh we we did get the dawn of the dead remake way back when like probably what is it 20 years now dawn of the dead was 2004 and they've remade they've remade day of the dead like four times now and all of them have been bad yeah but that's what i'm saying like i'm just surprised that hollywood hasn't you know tried to do that again like of the like create a high budget of the dead film they did that um animated night of the living dead but that was bad again (laughs) like do something like something good something you know with a higher budget you know more of a uh it's never gonna happen yeah zombie movies don't get budgets they never have they never will yeah 
we should watch we should rewatch Dawn of the Dead. I really like that movie, so uh the remake that is. Uh let's uh well we got a video game story here and Lou is not too excited about this cuz he owns all of these, but Humble Bundle has a Resident Evil Decades of Horror Village Edition game bundle available right now for the next 2 weeks. So if you're listening to this, make sure you check the dates here. But uh this will be active until um I don't have it in front of me cuz it doesn't it just lists the amount of days that are left, but uh but you'll be able to pick up um, such hits as Village. Uh, the Winter's Expansion, you'll get a coupon, so it doesn't include the Winter's Expansion. But it does include, this is for the entire bundle, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 7. 7. Uh, 6, 5, 4. 4. 4 being the HD version from 2005. Yep. And uh, zero. Zero, one, 1, and Revelations 1 and 2. Yeah crazy so it's it's essentially all of the resident evil uh games like you you can play from zero right through to eight which is a pretty big deal like that's a good chunk of yeah um, i'm actually i i this is because at this point i don't think there's anybody that doesn't own almost all of these games at this point so i'm not even sure do i own them all like i i don't know if i have them all but I would say that, well, I definitely don't have Village, but I don't have, and I don't have two on Steam. I might not have five either, or four for that matter, although I do have the remake. So, I mean, do I really need it? But like... No, you don't. I, I think this is a really cool collection, and this is not the first time Humble Bundle has done this. No, this is an excellent collection. I I, I got I cannot slight them for this at all, except... Uh... They need to be more Resident Evil. At least this one's not trying to include all those weird, crappy multiplayer games. <laughs> yeah, no multiplayer games to be found. Uh, so this will be ending around August 22nd. So if you're listening to this and you want to, you know, jump over to Humble Bundle, you'll be able to pick up this bundle before the 22nd. Um, let's continue with video game news and get into the San Diego Comic-Con uh, news in that we have a new Walking Dead video game. It's called Walking Dead Betrayal, which is a new survival and social deception game coming to Steam. Um, so, like, kind of similar to, um, uh, gosh, why is it? Why did it leave my brain just suddenly? The one with the the alien and the spaceship and the people running around. Uh, what is it called? I know which one. I know which one you're talking about. I even own a copy of it. I think I've only played it once. Why am I? Why can I not pull that game? Everyone's yelling at their their podcast app. Um, it's it like it was weird because it's gonna bug me. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, social uh deception game. Um, let me see if it pops up. It should pop up because it's like it's like the last Among Us. Thank you, Among Us. Anyways, this is not Among Us. It's called The Walking Dead Betrayal. Uh, it's going to be hitting uh, at some point this year. It's an eight-player game set in the Walking Dead universe, which challenges players to work together to survive, but always watch out for traitors. Uh, it's got a unique sort of cartoony look, so something we're not, you know, normally used to from The Walking Dead, but um, I think fits within the genre. They've done some of this with their mobile games. Yeah. That's a good point for sure. It does have a mobile game feel. 
even though they are saying it's uh it's it's a steam game um it's actually going to be out uh they have a closed beta that starts on the 10th of august and it's going to be priced uh for 20 bucks so it's more expensive than other g- games of this type it, it is going to be brand new but um it's from the folks from project winter which is another sort of multiplayer uh multiplayer game so does this interest you at all like i i don't you and i aren't really into multiplayer games so i'm just curious no if... i'm 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 not super into multiplayer stuff just because i don't have time um but I'd be curious to see what this looks like and how how it works. Actually, I if I just looked it up. I actually own a copy of Project Winter, so um, I should probably see if that's any good, and that might give me a vibe of whether or not I want to play this. Hmm. And I guess it is going to be launching in early access. So, uh, and like the the gameplay looks interesting. Like it it looks to be. Um, I was honestly picturing more of like a third person action game, but it kind of it is a third person action game, but it's a little more zoomed out than than you'd be used to. It kind of reminds me of, um, um, you know, some other games that are like you, you see them a lot. There are these games where it's sort of like a zoomed out approach and it's like a kind of like a dual stick shooter, um, but it looks really neat. It, it does look kind of neat, but yeah. And there's like, they're showing some, bet- obviously betrayal and such where people are setting traps and, and, um, folks are, folks are dying. Lots of zombies too, of course, which is always what you want to see. So, I mean, it was, it was inevitable for, uh, one of these, uh, you know, one of these types of games to arrive from the walking dead and they do know how to use their license and they, they have it out there. Yes, they do. That is something they are very good at. They know how yep. to use the, the milk a license for all it's worth. <laughs> yeah especially with the comic done it's kind of i don't even know if they have any active walking dead comics running uh i don't think there were that was one thing they didn't spin off it was the comic i think the comic kind of just existed had a few sort of like bonus issues but i i as far as i know it's not happening um oh well uh let's continue with the walking dead news and and head into more of the amc territory with uh, news that we kind of uh, were speculating on um, last we spoke when we talked about Fear the Walking Dead. But the second half of Fear the Walking Dead, which will be premiering in October, uh, officially will be welcoming back Troy, um, who who's supposedly died, but, but he's coming back. He is the bad guy, or at least going to be the antagonist uh, in the second half of season eight. Uh, Lou, you, um, well, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, I mean, he wasn't my favorite character, but they brought back Madison. They're going to bring back somebody else. They had to bring somebody back to be the final villain. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the question for me is, is he going to be the final villain or are we going to have to finally deal with Strand? Or is Strand going to try and redeem himself? That's my curiosity is I want to know where that's going. Yeah. No, I agree. I think Strand being mysteriously uh, missing from the first half of the se- final season, he- he's got to be coming back. Um, you know, Morgan has obviously exited the show, so it is going to put more of a focus on Madison uh, and Troy. But uh, yeah, Troy coming back. I mean, they didn't necessarily leave on the best terms. She had sort of, you know, hit him hit him on the head with a hammer and then, you know, destroyed a dam around him. And, you know, we figured he was, he was done, but, um, 
Yeah, he's coming back. So he has survived and he is seeking out his, these these survivors that he had ran across before. Um, and uh, yeah, they, this article talks about how he was in possession of uh, Strand's sunglasses, Alicia Clark's prosthetic arm, and a couple of other uh, objects, including the hammer that Madison had used on Troy's head. So this will be coming back October 22nd just in time for Daryl Dixon to wrap up his adventures, or at least his first part of his adventures. Talk about that in a bit. But uh, Lou, are you excited to, you had mentioned you're excited about Troy coming back. I think it's a great way to sort of wrap up the show rather than trying to introduce like a brand new villain, right? Yeah, it, it, it's, they're not trying to bring back Nick or anything. So, I mean, I'm okay with this. The, the, the His character was kind of killed semi off screen. We never actually saw him die, but we never, we like, I'm fine with them bringing him back. It's fine. It doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't wow me, but it doesn't excite me. And if we're going to have a villain in the end, I would rather it be somebody we've dealt with before and see that story arc play out rather than them introduce another villain at the end of the season Agreed. or the, the series. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, okay, well, before we talk about some, uh, some renewals here, let's visit Daryl Dixon, who uh, we got our first full trailer for the first season of Daryl Dixon. Uh, how do you feel about our, you know, our one of our favorite characters uh, washing ashore in France and having to adventure there? We, we got more of a vibe from what his adventure is going to entail. No, no word on why he's there, but... It looks cool. Like, I'm excited for it. Like, I can't complain and say it's bad. It looks like it's going to be an interesting story. He somehow ends up in Paris... He kind of puts to put some pieces together. He's there on a mission or something, and they give him a task of trying to get some kid somewhere because he's going to lead the future of the human resistance or something like it's it. I don't know. There's something weird about it. It gives me maybe Metal Gear vibes or like or there's something about it. It gives me just a different, unique take on what's going on. And I'm curious to see what. They're going to show us in Europe and nothing they showed me made me go, oh boy, I can't wait for this. But nothing they showed me made me go, oh, this looks stupid. This definitely looks like some of the, some better writing than we've seen in a while. Yeah, I I can, I can feel that like the trailer while only being two minutes gives us a very good look at like what Daryl Dixon is going to be doing. And I got the sense that, like you said, this gives us a unique feel this is something this is what we've been asking for. Give us something that we haven't seen before. Um, you know, the, religion is probably going to come into a, a, a big part here. There's there's a very heavy religious aspect to it from the trailer. It seems as though that they are they are the good guys uh, for once. Usually those that use religion in The Walking Dead uh, turn out to be the bad guys or, or even in the zombie genre as a whole. So he's going to be helping out this this group of nuns or something uh in transporting this this child who is who is supposedly the future of humanity they don't really go into detail on what that is but you know daryl dixon we'll get another trailer in a couple of weeks and we'll have a better feel for it but i'm excited yeah yeah me too i i was honestly um i had not watched it until right before we recorded and i was like okay i think i'm back in i still question like did we really need to transport daryl dixon to Paris for this series, could we not have, uh, you know, told this story 
you know, with with all Dude, new don't characters. Knock it. I've been I've been looking for I've been looking for them to do something outside the outside the the United States. If it meant that they had to send Daryl to Paris, then that's fine. I'll take what I could get. At least it's not in the United States. <laughs> yes, I agree. I, look, I'm not trying to uh, to question everything about it. I think that was the only question that came to my mind. But, you know, as we'll talk about in a bit with Dead City, um, the question I had there was like, do we really need to bring these two characters together again? It felt like they left in, in a pretty good it, like they left considering what they had been through they left in a way that was like okay i'm satisfied with that but the series did or i should say the season uh did address that and um so i'm willing to give daryl dixon the benefit of, of the doubt and also i love that it's a six episode season again it's that's very that's good that's a good runtime for me i don't need 24 episode seasons split in two it's too much give me six episodes tell a story dangle a season two that's fine too i'm fine with that although let's talk about that because I, I mean i've i've uh <laughs> i've teased lou too much it's already been renewed uh it's been renewed so here's the thing um prior to daryl dixon arriving and also just as dead city wrapped up they announced a season two now you know spoilers dead city ends in a way that very much points to a second season. Um, so I assume Daryl Dixon will do the same. But our understanding, at least my understanding, Lou, was that these shorter experiences were meant to be sort of like additional stories one-offs. told, like one-offs. Yeah, yeah, spin-offs. Uh, but like not necessarily setting up like a season, like a multi-season arc. Uh, although I would say like, okay, give us two seasons, but wrap it up. Don't I do not want ten seasons of Daryl Dixon trapped in Paris. No, neither do I. And I and I I think AMC would be foolish to do that. And I think they know that. Yeah. Um. I my my guess is we're gonna get Daryl's show is gonna have two three seasons and they're gonna be done. Um. I think Dead City will have to wrap itself up in two or three seasons. Um. I did not know it had been renewed when I watched when I finished watching earlier today. Uh, I had one episode left, but I went into episode five being like, there's no way they can wrap up this plot in two episodes. There's definitely something else going on here. And uh, and then they did. And I was like, "Ah, okay, that's that's what I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. So um, and actually looking at this article, the way that the timelines sort of uh, match up, um, they were they were not even done season one. So the, the renewal happened and, and then the, the finale aired, but um, it is, they are still six episode seasons. They're shorter seasons, which is like, to me, that's the right, the right length for these types of stories. Um, and I like you two seasons, even three, that's fine. Like even three seasons of six episode arcs, like that's about the length of a complete normal season of the walking dead um so like there's that but uh you know we'll see how the adventures sort of work out daryl dixon premieres september 10th um it it, the trailer makes it look like a different experience and honestly like if i were to get any uh additional seasons i'm kind of glad it's it's this unique one i know i don't know if filming and uh 
um, in Paris is <laughs> has been kind to AMC's budget, but I, I hope they continue with those adventures over there. Um, and and we'll be talking about it on the show as well. But like season two orders for these these shows, and I on like we talked about before, I wouldn't expect them in twenty twenty four. Uh, just due to everything with the writers and actors strike. So um, hopefully that gets wrapped up soon and then they're able to, to get these into production. Um, one last story here uh, from AMC and the walking dead. And that is, we got our first teaser for the Rick and Michonne series, which has been retitled the ones who live, which you'll remember was uh, a line spoken over and over again in the, the walking dead finale. At the very end. Uh, Lou, how do you feel about this first look at, at Rick and Michonne's adventures? I hate these stupid teasers. They tell us nothing. Yeah. This is nothing. It, it says nothing. Um, it says nothing. It rehashes a bunch of old footage with, like, some shadowy footage of, like, what could be possibly new. Or it's just promotional material. I, I, I hate these teasers because they're not really anything. Yeah. And this isn't the first one we've gotten for this series. Like we've seen. No, this is like the second or third one. Yeah, a hundred percent. It definitely feels like it's been, it, it, it's been quite a while. Uh, this one will be um, premiering in 2024. So confirmed for 2024. As far as I know, filming has been completed and they're just working on post-production. So I would imagine maybe taking that like, you know, February time slot that we usually see from uh, or we have seen in the past of The Walking Dead returning. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. Doesn't show us much. We get a bit of a monologue from Michonne, who is talking about, you know, hey, I've been searching for a long time for someone I thought was dead, but he's alive. But yeah, a lot of probably reused footage and um, it, it not not much here to go on. So, but yeah, lots of exciting Walking Dead stuff. Uh, there was no like new. There was no new stuff announced. It was just sort of like couple of renewals and then trailers for stuff we were gonna get uh, eventually. So if you were wondering if they announced any new series or anything, uh, nothing of the sort. Although, like I said, we're in the middle of a of two very very big deal uh, strikes right now. So I, I'm not really surprised. So. Lou, uh, well, hey, let's keep on the Walking Dead train here and get into our main topic, which is season one of Dead City. Right before he took my son, do you know what he did? That rings a bell, doesn't it? It did for me. It's the last thing I heard before I met you. Oh, that girl. Lou, we've got the Walking Dead, Dead City. Negan and Maggie fighting, but also working together, but then fighting, then working together uh, for some mysterious reason, which we will uh, we will go into in, in detail. But um, for a first season, I, I think it was pretty good. 
Uh, so my biggest concern with all the trailers and all the stuff that we saw about this show, I was worried we were going to go into this and it was going to be a lot of the same Negan Maggie drama that we got before. And while that was there, I feel like this was better written than I was expecting. Um, the first episode is probably the wor- the roughest. Like they're right at each other's throats, like the whole first episode. But it becomes really clear, like by the end of the second episode, that they're working together, and it's it's they know that they need each other to get whatever needs to be done done. And Negan, honestly, as the series goes on, he does do some Negan-y stuff. Um, when he cuts a guy's throat and makes him bleed all over a bunch of people, and he says, "I'm making it rain," uh, that was awesome. Um, but he on genuinely seems like the kind of guy who is remorseful for some bad things he did in the past and he's trying to make amends. Yeah. But he also is who he is. So he can't not be himself, but he can try and be a better person. And it seems like the whole run of the show, it seems like anytime he kills somebody, it's literally because they put him in the predicament where his only way out of the scenarios is oh, I'm gonna have to kill this guy. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna have to kill this person. Yeah. Uh and, and you know, the way they set it up and they teased it in the trailers was basically that Maggie's son Herschel has been kidnapped uh by the Croa, which uh you heard in that clip there, uh who who Negan knows, um, a past savior. And uh, we don't in the first few episodes, you know, we don't understand why they took Herschel. But Maggie's basically said, like, using him as a um, as sort of uh, what would you leverage, I guess, for them to produce more grain for wherever the crow has come from. And um, Maggie basically hunts down Negan to to get him to to help her because she's like, well, if you know this guy, you're going to help me. You owe me. You know, that's her words. Exactly. And uh, Negan, who is not traveling with his wife and kid, um, which it was confirmed that his kid was I think his kid was born maybe in, in the, the Walking Dead. I can't remember. I know yeah, she was he, pregnant. She, she she was pregnant. And I think they ended with her carrying a baby as they went off, I think, or something like that, where she was like ready to give birth any day now when he had his walk off in the Walking Dead. And the indication is is that this is five or six years post the end of the series. That's the that's the implication I got was that this is um this is about five or six years post that. Yeah. Yeah. So his wife and kid are off screen. He sent them to another uh community and he was he was meaning to catch up with them, uh, but he ran into some trouble. And he explained to Maggie that he has no intention of catching up because they're better off without him. Oh yeah, I missed that part. Okay, well that that is unfortunate, but uh well, he said the story goes um they he found a cabin in the woods outside of a town so that they could do their own thing, but they could go to town and trade. And the story he tells Maggie is that he sent his wife cuz there's a bounty on his head. Um he tells Maggie that he sent his wife to trade and he was taking care of the farm or the cabin and the baby or something. And she was doing the trading and that she didn't come back that night. And he knew that wasn't a good sign. So he went to town to find her and she would been 
beaten almost to death is the way he describes it. And that when she identified the five men that beat her, it was they robbed her, took all of her stuff, and they beat her. And um one of them was a constable, one of them was a law was a lawman, and the other four were like his buddies. And so Negan goes to basically beat the crap out of them and ends up murdering all five of them. And in his point of view, he says, you know me, Maggie, I did what I had to do. Yeah, I think he feels as though he knows he went too far in in killing them. But essentially, he has the new Babylon marshals uh, on the lookout for him. And they play a part in the season as well. So it's they've introduced like another faction another community um and which makes sense because like we said it's a large world there are going to be multiple communities that form different rule systems and we see that here as we venture closer to new york and and uh, manhattan um but negan had uh someone traveling with them which is this kid Ginny, uh and basically says to maggie like look i'll help you get your son back but you need to make sure Ginny gets somewhere safe uh which is not the kingdom not hilltop but new hilltop which exists somewhere else like hilltop fell and they kind of like migrated to i think they call it brick something (laughs) Uh, a lot of new locations and communities and stuff being thrown around um but that's essentially the setup it's interesting, too, because they show us some of that and we don't see anybody we know. The only person we see that we know is Maggie. Yeah, it's a and and that kind of makes sense because I know Maggie like kind of had like a whole new community she was running with. So I'm willing yeah. to kind of like, you know, wave that away. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It. But it but it, but but that, that but that made sense. But I was like, OK. And, you know, uh, we're introduced to a marshal who's chasing them. Um and uh you knew right away i i he was he was seemed very two dimensional at first um his whole goal is i'm going to bring in Mar- the bring in negan cuz he's a bad guy i'm going to bring in negan cuz he's a bad guy i'm going to and like no matter what seems to be happening he seems to constantly be like i'm going to get my man i'm going to get my man and you're like oh boy could and i was really worried cuz i didn't like his that character at first i was like this is really bad writing and then in the last two episodes, they kind of reveal some stuff and they make that they make that guy go from two dimensional to becoming a real three dimensional character with depth. And we're left kind of with him being like, oh, and that's I, I liked that character's arc. I wasn't sure I was going to. Yeah. Yeah. The Marshall. um and and again, it's going to play into season two. I think heavily. Uh, they kind of open it up. I think he's going to be one of our new heroes in the next season. Yeah, but you're right. He does start a little um, one dimensional, and he, he, you know, he does the thing that I hate uh, in the Walking Dead universe, where like there's no, they 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 can't just have good guys. You know, I think that was the the cool thing about John Dory is like he was he was the good guy. He was the good guy. He he played the the role of uh, of of the law in certain fashions. He was an ex, you know, police officer, but he, he was a good guy. And like, this is the line we get in the first episode to kind of set the tone for these new Babylon marshals. And like, it's not great. What it did back there wasn't because I wanted to, it had to be done. I mean, he, he kills a woman for not 
telling him right away where Negan or Maggie went. And like, that's it. It, it is just so typical walking dead. And I was worried like, Oh man, here we yeah, go. Again. But look, that when that, when that happened, I was like, Oh, it's going to be another character I don't like. And he's going to basically, uh, he's, he's going to justify everything as a lawman. Oh boy. This is a trope we're going to get. And then he starts out as that trope and then he evolves. And I was like, oh, okay, I like this plot. Um, yeah. How did you feel uh, about his evolution over like six episodes? Did it feel a little rushed or did it feel like a good no, pace? No, 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 no. It felt like a very good pace because he really doesn't make that final change until like the end of episode five, beginning of episode six. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is technically saved by Negan, right? Yeah. The other the other story arc that I thought was very interesting was is we're introduced to well let's we'll jump ahead here. So Maggie gets Negan, they end up on Manhattan. Manhattan is run by the Croatian or Cro whatever they call him. And he's got zombies that are led around by like truck like uh, like like ice cream trucks. Like he's got like an army of the dead that he uses to protect streets and narrow down and hunt down his enemies. Like he, he, he's, he's very clever. Um, and we're introduced to another band of survivors that are on Manhattan and they can't get off because they, he destroys every boat. So there's no way to get off Manhattan. Yeah. And actually that brings up a good point because they explain pretty early on, like why, Manhattan is special and honestly it probably shouldn't surprise anyone because it's like typical sort of zombie genre of like hey it's an island destroy all the bridges destroy all the access uh and that is like quickly explained by by the marshals so what's the deal with Manhattan what's so special about it Manhattan was one of the epicenters military destroyed all the bridges and tunnels hoping to contain it Open to contain them. One's home to a million and a half people. So yeah, lots of people destroy all the exits. Yeah, it makes sense why this was originally called Island of the Dead, because uh, there are a lot of dead on Manhattan. Um, but they kind of play with that too as the season progresses, because they're they're using. <laughs> so I got. I just thinking of it now. They're using the dead. Uh, and the methane they produce to basically become an infinite uh, source of energy, um, yeah. which immediately reminds me now, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, wormwood and how all yep. the, they use zombies, the gas from the yep. zombies. The first thing, the first thing I thought of when I saw this was like, oh, somebody watched a lot of wormwood and came up with this idea. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of really neat ideas that have been placed into this uh, this season that hasn't been explored like uh we saw it in the trailer one of the zombies um or one of the monsters i should say was like a bunch of zombies like sort of merged together and i guess the way it was described by the showrunner was basically like what if a zombie crawled through another zombie and then another zombie crawled through that zombie and you kind of have this like mess of body part it's like three or four zombies all combined and like that was the resident evil vibe it felt like how can we take Resident Evil and apply it to The Walking Dead, which The Walking Dead is like is mostly it's mostly grounded. It's not like The Last of Us or Resident Evil where there are different zombie archetypes. It's kind of just, you know, humans that have become zombies. 
But in this case, you get a literal monster and you get this like this moment where Maggie's like trying to defend herself. And it, it really felt like a Jill Valentine versus some Umbrella Corporation monster. And I just love that scene. It was it was so well, well done. I, I love I love that scene, too. And it was placed in a right the, the right at, at the right moment, too, because you couldn't have just done that anywhere. You couldn't have just had her, you know, in a in in the in the wrong place at the wrong time and then run into that monster. They basically describe the tunnels they're crawling around in is they've been feeding it with all of the dead so that there's methane and the bodies seem to just be like laying there and 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 piling on each other. And so it would make sense if you're piling in the zombies on top of each other that some of them might meld together and form something like that. That would be a little out of place if they were crawling around in a swamp and all of a sudden something like that popped up out of the swamp. You'd be like, all right, okay. Yeah. But piling the bodies in the sewer like that, it would make it, it sort of fit what they were going for. It's not something I think they can do again. You know what I mean? That was a one time special effect. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you there. I, I think like they not only did they do it very well, but you're right. Like they did it, it's done. You can't really do it again. Um because you've done it. But I think that this this season did a really good job of kind of like trying different things with the characters. Yeah. Like Maggie never really got an opportunity before she returned from her hiatus, never really got an opportunity to like show how much of a kick-ass hero she could be. You know, like a lot of that was after she get, she came back to fight the whispers. Right. Uh, and now in this season, and and I think she did a fantastic job, like with all this, all this, um, you know, all the more action, you know, running around and uh, and fighting zombies and fighting people. Even the animosity between her and Negan throughout the entire show felt natural. It didn't feel forced like they were working together when they had to work together. But you could tell that that like she wanted to kill him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was like he's a he's a he's a. He's an end, to, a means to an end was basically the vibe you got from her the whole season. And then they run into a bunch of other survivors that are running around New York City trying to take back the city and they can't leave. And immediately I was like, oh, this is the fodder we're going to have all die. And I said that jokingly in my head. And I figured that maybe we'd get one or two of them. But no, they kill everybody. They kill all of them. Yeah, none of them survive. Uh, and they... They all die through either running in, uh, running into another group or zombies or just, you know, they are there as new characters to perish so that our main characters can live. And I was A-OK with that. There wasn't a single one of those characters that I had any kind of connection to. In fact, I felt like that was kind of I felt like that was kind of what they were trying to explain to me. Especially when one of them accuses Negan. I actually felt bad for Negan in this moment. There's a moment where Negan is in a kitchen, like getting ready to like, they're getting ready to leave or he's getting ready to go to bed for the night or something. And he was like getting supplies or something in this kitchen. And the one guy that's one of the group that doesn't like Negan shows up and is like, yeah, uh, I don't trust you, man. And I don't like you. And Negan's like, I don't need you to trust me or like me. I just need you to get out of my way. And the guy basically makes it clear that either Negan leaves or he's going to make Negan leave. And eventually Negan ends up having to kill the dude. And you're like, 
yeah, no, like Negan needed to do this. And I was worried that we were going to get the trope of like, they were going to find out that Negan killed that guy. And then we were going to have to deal with the drama of them being like, no, we can't trust you. You killed one of our friends. And they never do that. Those characters all die and they never know Negan did a bad thing. I mean, Maggie kind of sorted it out because he was missing and then he had like the the beeswax canister. Maggie knows, but like the other he- other characters that they that, that guy was with, none of them know Negan killed that guy. And, and I was like, oh, I like the fact that we did not get that that confrontation thing because that that's the kind of thing that gets old. Well, it would it would have slowed down the pace of what a six episode arc needed to be. And and I'm glad like you, I'm glad they kind of like it made sense that it happened and that the group kind of like recognized it. And Maggie finding out works for the story like it, it kind of pushed Maggie to actually fight Negan. And Negan's like, are we really doing this? Like, can we just, you know, save Herschel, get through this? And and, you know, it, it kind of. I think worked in a way where Maggie finding out Negan had killed someone in the survivor group pushed her to, to fight Negan. But in, in, in our mind as viewers at that moment, we don't have the whole story, but as the show progresses, we find out that no, uh, the Croat didn't take Herschel for a grain. The Croat took Herschel for Negan. He wanted Negan. And that's the trade, right? So, like, they, they need to trade. That's the trade. But there's a nice twist. I think it's the middle of episode five, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe the end of episode five. Where we're thinking that the Croat is the is the is the leader of this, what's going on in this city. And then he goes down into, like, the art. What I think it's it looks like it's, like, the art district in Manhattan. And he goes down into this basement and he goes and he meets this woman and she's kind of got guards everywhere and she sees like an actress. That's the vibe you get. And he answers to her. And when that got revealed, I think it's the end of episode five. I said, oh, this doesn't get wrapped up in one more episode. Yeah, we're getting another season. Yeah, for sure. That was <laughs> that was my thought as well, because as I was watching it, I'm like, I didn't realize it had been renewed. And I'm like, this seems odd to be introducing the real big bad. I didn't know it had been renewed either, but I looked at this and I went, oh, I see what they're doing. This is either going to be renewed for a second season or this is going to tie into one of the other shows. Yeah, and, and their AMC's never been really interested in like having... Uh, similar to what they're doing with the Mandalorian and and Star Wars and where they're kind of like introducing a bunch of different characters, then they're going to bring them together. AMC hasn't talked about doing like a Walking Dead Avengers type crossover. It's really just been, let's have some characters. I don't think, I don't think they have the money or the budget to do that. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's that. And they also just don't have that interest. It's, it's complicated and it requires, I think really strong, uh, I don't want to sound too mean here, but really strong writing and really good coordination, which I think that's something that AMC it, it, lacks. You need to have a uh, you need to have a showrunner that's heavily involved in everything and has a story arc already planned out. Yeah, which they, they don't. They, they, don't they never that. seem to do. Yeah, they are no. um, they are season to season. I think is how they they operate, which is like the traditional television yeah, that's model. Fine. 
it's yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It is what it is. But but again, as the whole season went on, I was I I was digging it all the way to the end. Um, normally I go into Walking Dead and like even with Fear, there were moments where I really liked Fear, and there were episodes of Fear where I was like, oh, is this gonna be over soon? And six episodes seemed perfect for me. Um, yeah. I think if it had been any longer than six episodes, I'd have been annoyed. Yeah. There would have been at least one or two episodes I don't think I would have liked. And this told its whole story to a point in six episodes. So I'm hoping that season two we get that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really feel like this six episode arc works really well. It forces them to be smarter in their writing. It allows them to save money because they're only having to pay actors for six episodes as opposed to 18. So it kind of... It's well, one of those rare occurrences where it works on both levels, right? Um, unfortunately, you know, that's one of the strike the str- the problems with the strike is that the actors want there to be more they want they want 24 episode seasons back again. Oh, I didn't know that. That's part of the negotiation is they don't understand why they're getting short. They think they're being cheated out of money by doing 6 episodes a season. Well, yeah, I had not heard th- I don't know, I have not heard that, but but yeah, it, 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 it makes sense. It makes sense, but I'm like, as a viewer, that's where you've that's where you've lost me. I don't care about 24 episodes. There's only ten episodes of those that actually mean mean anything, and then there's 14 episodes of filler. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just it. I mean, like the argument if they want it, and it's not the actor's fault. I get it. Like it's not their fault that they can't write that the AMC can't produce like a, a solid 12 episode season or 18 or 24 or whatever it ends up being it it's not the actor's fault it's not even the writer's fault it comes down to production you know like and i think yeah you can ask for more episodes and get good quality it just comes down to like how much money do they have to produce it um but like uh and this is surprising we haven't touched on this but like it's a six episode arc but we still get an opportunity for a cameo from a a fan favorite character and i don't have any clips i didn't clip it it was kind of short and there was like a couple of lines but uh simon is back for like a 10 minute scene um because as we found out the croat was someone who was part of negan's group early on with the saviors they used him so sparingly too, because they kept the camera pulled back. They kept the room dark, so you couldn't see that that character, that actor's actually aged. Because I mean, he hasn't been on the show in five, six years. Um, they did a really good job with Negan's makeup. I'm assuming this was something they shot last because mm-hmm. Negan's Negan's hair is darker and his beard is darker and there's less gray on him in those scenes. So my guess is that they filmed those parts, that, that, that those scenes for that episode last, where they could give him some hair dye and some makeup to make him look younger again. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really well done sort of flashback. It served the show and the narrative really well. I also like the fact that, you know, we've always thought Negan is a monster. Negan is a monster. But the fact that he was telling this guy, no, you don't torture kids. That's a line I don't cross. And he did it anyway. It's like a whole new beast. You know what I mean? You go, ooh, yeah. If Negan tells you, don't do this because that's bad. And that's not a line I want to cross. Then you know that this guy has to be bad. Like, if even Negan, even if the things he does make Negan go, ooh, 
then you know that it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of weird because he, as you said, the Croat doesn't end up being the bad guy. He's just sort of another, he's a henchman for another, you know, bigger bad. He's a henchman for an, he's a henchman for another one, but you also get the impression he's a mad dog too. Yeah. That like, even though she, she, the, the woman who's in charge, even she might not have him under control as much as she thinks she, he, she does. Yeah. That might be something that comes into play in season two. I think, I think that's what's going to happen in season two. Um, I also think, you know, uh, when uh, when she has a line with um, the Croat, uh, I think her name was uh, like Donna. The it's not Donna. It's like Dama. Dama. Okay. Yeah. And um, she has a line with the Croat where she says, "What did I tell you? People now, people have gotten off this island. They're now going to know what we have here. They're going to want it." And when the marshal ends up going back at the end. And he meets the people that are his bosses and they're like, tell us more about this city and how they have power. And you're like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and they do um, they do hint at other communities that they're going to involve, which aren't, uh, you know, Alexandria or the Commonwealth. Um, yeah, stuff like that. They kind of I, I don't know off the top of my head which ones they drop, but like, you know, a lot of like New York areas. She says she says something. She says something about Harlem mm-hmm. and the Bronx, and then I forget what the third one is. There's three, I believe, she mentions. Yeah, and um, and basically, when Negan tells her like, "Why would I do any of these things for you?" She tells him to open the box. And there's a, I, I think it's a toe. Yeah, yeah, it's Herschel's toe. Yeah, it's Herschel's toe, and he's like, "Why would you show me this?" And she's like, because I know where to get him and I'll go back and take more till you do what I want. You, and, when you, and when you see that and you see the look on Negan's face, Negan is like, it's like Negan staring into the face of Negan. Yep. You know what I mean? Where he's like, oh, this is what it must have been like for others when I did what I did. And, and you can see the look on his face like, I'll play along, but you know he's going to be a hero. You know what I mean? He's time and time again, he started out a villain and he's playing the hero again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you can also see on Maggie's face that it becomes clear to Maggie that it's not over. And she tells Herschel that like she has to settle this thing with, with Negan. And I think with whatever's going to happen at the end of this story arc, um, I don't think they'll kill Negan, um, but I think whatever drama there is between him and Maggie, it will be settled at this point. Yeah, I can see them retiring the Negan character, you know, um, having him sort of walk off into the sunset. I have a funny feeling what they're going to end up doing, or my hope is what they'll do is they're going to wrap up and they're going to sort whatever happens in New York. And. Maggie's going to convince him to get, he said he's put his wife on a wagon train going west. The Columbus, I think, is what he says, which is Ohio. And um, I think he's going to, she's going to convince him at the end to go west and find his wife and kid. They need you. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it It's, it's a, it, it's a very, like, and, you know, you brought up the point, like, uh, um, you know, Negan, and Maggie's 
past relationship. And and I think like a lot of the concerns people have with the with the show was like even in the reviews was like, ah, you know, you know, they thought they left Negan and Maggie in a good place, but then they rehash it all. And I and I think it comes from like Negan and Maggie went their separate ways. Uh, basically saying like, look, like you did what you did. I'm not going to forgive you, but I have to move on with my life. That's how I felt it ended with The Walking Dead. But this show does a really good job and they use uh, the Glenn death footage. So, you know, for folks who stopped watching and thought maybe I'd come back to to watch this short season, um, they do play that clip quite a bit. Uh, through like the whole thing through uh through the and, and one of them isn't isn't one of them a nightmare from for Negan too isn't he like he has a nightmare about it or something at one point I, yeah I mean that sounds right but I mean most of the time it's used to sort of show you know the trauma that that Maggie is is living through being back with Negan having these nightmares that she hasn't had in a long time because she has you know buried those memories to a certain degree but like because she's traveling again with Negan having to rely on Negan like she her trauma is being brought back up and and they do they do they do this thing in in the season to kind of like showcase like okay like this is why she's feeling this way she feels trapped she has to use Negan she doesn't want to be anywhere near this guy because it just reminds her of the death of her of her husband and it's just right and he has a he, he has a line of dialogue in the last episode. It's one of the last times they see each other where he literally looks at her and he goes, I understand you see me and I did something to you that like I can never fix like like our debt will never be even. He goes, yeah. the only thing I can do is try and you're going to hate me forever. And like. I'm going to have to live with that. And we're like, like, but I'm like, I'm still going to help you. And you're like, and you're like, that's a, that's a redemption for his character. Uh, he didn't kill anybody in this show that didn't kind of deserve it. And he, at every turn, he has opportunities to kill some people that like, maybe they deserved it. Maybe they don't. And he always pulls his punch and you, it makes you go, he's changed. He's, he's evolved as a character. And then when you see him sitting down with uh, uh, the woman at the end of the show, and she basically tells him she needs him to be the Negan again, you can see the look on his face. He's going to do it, but like he doesn't want to. Yeah, he's trapped, essentially. Like he knows he's... Yeah. And, and I loved the split face thing they did at the end where... They are like two sides of this uh, uh, of the same coin. They yeah. they he killed her husband and they will forever be entwined together. Yeah, because he lived because Rick kept him alive and put him in yeah. prison. And he uh, yeah. And well, here's the thing. Um, we've talked quite a bit about it. We're looking forward to season two, seeing where this goes. I did get some clips. It's not going to surprise you that a majority of them are uh, Negan related. Negan? <laughs> but uh here was one of here's a, a clip from a couple clips from early on in the first episode uh yeah seriously walkers are falling from the sky now so obviously being in a city with a bunch of skyscrapers you know you're gonna have zombies sort of walking off off the skyscrapers right 
I forgot about that scene. It's a fun one. Um, also, this one where they it seemed like they were going to introduce like Negan's fear of cockroaches, but they didn't they didn't really linger on it, uh, which is good because you could imagine if it was a eight episode series, they might have had a whole episode about why Negan's afraid of cockroaches. But we got this. It's not a clean clip, but uh, I wish it was because, yeah, nope. there's just, just a great nope from Negan. But uh, the background noise is all those cockroaches that were sort of collecting in the city. I didn't need to see that. I, I have a terrified uh, bugs gross me out. So I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, they, we mentioned a lot that Negan, we get that old Negan return and, and Negan kind of explains it in that, like, he put on this show to protect his people and it always looked you know, from the other side, it looked like this crazy guy who was killing people. But he kind of always framed it as like, I do this to protect my people. And I am that guy to protect my people. Because when I use fear, it keeps people away. But obviously, we saw that with Alexandria and whatnot, and what happened with with Rick and, and Glenn, it went too far. But like, we do see we do see that return of old Negan here as he has like uh, one of the one of the bad guys and uh, he has a couple of a uh, couple of lines. Hey, easy there, neckbeard. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? Seriously? You have a neckbeard and a rat tail? I mean, I get it. The world went to hell and you stopped giving a shit. But my dude, there is a line. So how about you put your helmet back on, tuck all that shit back away, and stop being such a distraction to the rest of us. <laughs> so that felt very classic. Oh, yeah. I, 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 love, I love that whole speech. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, I, did, I did clip the second part upon Lou's request, uh, which was when he, uh, he made it rain. Now where the hell was I? Oh, right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Butter. Butter who? Well, you butter get out your umbrellas because it is about to goddamn rain. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, very classic Negan there. Um, and, and, you know, there, there really is. It's just that moment. And it's like it's him using this, this hostage that he has because these folks attacked him. In a previous scene, they attacked the survivors and he had sort of got one of them captured and he does this thing to basically scare them off. And the guy he captured, I believe, just killed like three people. Yes, including the older woman who had sort of led yeah. Negan and Maggie. To, it's to not the, the the character he took is not somebody you're going to be like, oh, there was he killed an innocent guy. It's like, no, he killed a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he definitely he definitely uh, killed that character. Um, but then uh, it, so. Again, as the show goes on, we realize like, okay, Negan and the Croat, they know each other from the early days of of the Sanctuary uh, and the Saviors. But um, I'm going to play I'm going to play a clip that is is going to be um, for for, you know, older fans of of Zamp who have been around since episode one. First of all, I'm going to bring this one up. I'm going to dust this clip off a little bit and then you're going to you're going to have nostalgia wash over you. Grab the shotgun. Everybody grab a weapon. I got some ammo right here. Now that's a weapon. <laughs> so we used to do a, a segment called Weapon of Choice, and that was the clip for it. 
That was what, 250 episodes ago? Yeah, it was a long time ago. It's where the infamous uh, fire extinguisher nunchucks come from, uh, which is a classic and has yet to be adapted into The Walking Dead. But we did get this line. So if we ever brought it back, we'd have uh, we'd have this. Oh, I see you have their weapon of choice. So there you go. Might be might be reason enough to bring it back. I don't know. Um, but we did. This is the full clip from from the Croat when he first uh, he first meets Negan again for the first time. Negan! <laughs> My brother! Oh. I'm so glad you got this. So, yeah, uh, it is a moment where you get this sense that, you know, and they've been they've been building this up is that the Croat, you know, has these on memories of working with Negan and holds no ill will against Negan, even though Negan uh, tried to kill him, tried to kill him. Yeah. And it's just it's it's that it's that moment because, again, like with with Walking Dead, you expect like the bad guy is going to hate our are the good guys in this case they're yeah. gonna the bad guy is gonna hate negan and maggie because negan and maggie are the top build or uh, walking dead actors but they kind of like they flip it in a way where it's like okay let, let's not do the traditional walking dead thing where all the bad guys hate all the good guys and it's just gonna be no this bad guy wants negan alive for for the purpose that we we already talked about and and i guess it's just it was um it was a needed twist because, again, I, I think like if you wanted to do, you know, bad guys hate the good guys, it would have it would have only been one season and Negan and Maggie would have gone their separate ways after saving Herschel. But in this case, like Herschel's been saved, but isn't technically out of danger because Negan is also kind of being held against his will to to do Negan things to sort of unite a bunch of communities together to try to defend the, or no, they're going to defend the Island. The new Babylon folks are going to unite, uh, communities to go, go after the Island. So like the second season kind of has this opportunity to be like a lot more action packed. And I'm kind of wondering how you fit that into six episodes. I think when we come back, I think we're going to get more episodes than six, but I don't think we get more than 10. Yeah. Could be a longer season, but I think we're going to get like five and five. It's going to be like a part one, part two. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe that that would be interesting. I think like you need more space to explore the narrative they're setting up, you know? Uh, so. Yeah, they're expanding the universe, but the way they're expanding the universe makes sense. It doesn't feel forced. Um, one of my biggest gripes about what's that stupid group that that that's got Rick. Oh, um. The dumpster, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what they were, but they lived in a in a in a landfill, right? No, no, no. What the people that took Rick? That, oh, like, that Rick is with <laughs> the CRM, the helicopter people, the yeah, CRM. Yeah. I always want to call them the NCR, but that's that's Fallout New Vegas. Um, but the 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 CRM, they um, they always seem like a magical villain. Like they seem to have unlimited resources. They seem to have all these weapons. They seem to be living in modern times, even though it's post-apocalyptic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they they kind of feel like boogeymen. Whereas I feel 
I feel this show is introducing us to some villains that make more sense. Agreed. Yeah, the CRM, they kind of like, they, you're right. They were the big mystery group. And I think that worked really well off screen. But the second you tried to like explain it by actually visiting the CRM, it kind of quickly fell apart and felt, it just, it felt like too much. And I think that's where the Commonwealth works kind of well. Cause like, even though you're exploring all the facets of this community, it makes sense. And the scale makes well, sense. The, the funny part for me is, is so when we watched fear, there was the, 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 the Padre and Padre was supposed to be uh, like the last of the federal government was kind of what we were implied. They were supposed to be you come to find out Padre's a couple of kids pretending to be the federal government. You're like, oh, okay. And they've kind of done that a couple of times. And then the CRM, it was it it's been hinted that they might be the federal government. But every time we kind of get an idea of whether or not they're going to be the federal government or not, it doesn't make sense, or they pull their punch, or they try too hard to be mysterious because they don't want to answer the question. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and 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 we have New Babylon is a is a is a is a is a, is a new territory. We've got Hilltop. And now we've got Manhattan, and it all makes sense. I mean, eventually, I think I you know I don't want to ever say that the world's going to ever go back to normal in The Walking Dead. I don't think it ever will, but everything kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Not everybody is enemies with everybody else. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I like the world is disconnected enough that you can have these scuffles uh, between groups of right. communities that don't impact every other community, even though like, you know, uh, like the United States of America that the walking dead loves to, to focus on. There can be multiple clashes across the country that don't impact. Well, a literal nuclear bomb went off. And even though they said this will be felt throughout this the the series of the Walking Dead universe, which it has not, so like I think they used the scale really well, and I think that's where CRM failed immediately because of course, like it's this mysterious background, you know, um, force. Yet like they're not felt everywhere; they're only felt when the narrative when they want to include them in the narrative. And I think that's the struggle there is that they were this big bad that had seemingly unlimited resources yet they're only felt when scott gimbal wanted to include them you know like they weren't the yeah. big bad they weren't the thanos of the walking dead universe they're just but we were but we keep they, they keep hinting that they are yeah yeah and and you know what the the opportunity to kind of look at them again comes with the rick and michonne series but i really feel like how I, I don't know how they're going to do that and make it compelling, you know, because uh, they kind of yeah. they kind of lost me there with, um, you know, World Beyond. So uh, we'll see. We'll definitely see. But, uh, you know, first post Walking Dead spinoff. Pretty good. Liked it. Yeah. I think the fact that it was six episodes really helped. And I really like Maggie and Negan as characters. Uh, they're really compelling and they did a great job uh bringing them together it worked for me so uh we'll continue with more walking dead uh in the fall 
when Daryl Dixon returns. But before that, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break from watching TV. We're going to do some movies. And our Discord kind of knows these already because we hinted at them. Well, I didn't hint. I I told them when we delayed. Here's what we're going to be doing next. Um, Evil Dead Rise is going to be our movie on our next episode in a couple weeks. I've been told that uh, I should be prepared to be scared and creeped out. So uh, look forward to that. <laughs> um, and then, and and Lou, correct me, you had not, you have not seen the newest Evil Dead yet, right? No, I have not. I was going to try and go uh, to the theater and see it, uh, but life got in the way and I ended up having to pass on it. Yeah. And I haven't seen it either, of course. This is my excuse to, to see it now. Exactly. And it's why I uh, put it on our short list. So we'll watch Evil Dead Rise. And then two weeks after that, uh, if the schedule holds, we will be watching Resident Evil Death Island, which is now out uh, on digital and Blu-ray. So, um, yeah, the latest computer generated CGI or Resident Evil film uh, direct to video. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I have not heard any reviews on it either way, so I'm curious. Me too. I am curious. It brings back a bunch of the Resident Evil characters and puts them all into one film, which has not been done yet uh, or done in video games for that matter. So it's it's kind of a big deal. And uh, of course, right after that, we'll talk about Daryl Dixon and we'll probably, if the scheduling holds, we might split that one in two, um, uh, but we'll see how it goes. So lots of fun stuff planned in the near future for Zombies Ate My Podcast. So stay tuned. Also, join our Discord, bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. It's where we're collecting news, discussing zombies, and of course, hinting at uh, more content to come from Zamp. I want to thank our patrons, patreon.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast, where you can support the show directly and help us rent movies, pay for hosting, that sort of fun stuff. And speaking of which, you can visit us on the web, zombiesatemypodcast.com, for show notes and all of our previous episodes. Send us an email and we may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and don't forget to follow the show at Zombies Podcast. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. For more of his great work, visit his website at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in in a couple weeks for Evil Dead Rise. Zombies Ate My Podcast.